Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. We all come, Lord, from different places, different weeks, and different times. And yet we come into this sanctuary, Lord, seeking to find you. Seeking, Lord, to hear that word that speaks into our lives, that reminds us about who you are and the changes that you can make in our lives. Quiet our hearts this morning, Lord, as we, we look at your word, as we sing your praises, as we hear your word spoken. May it be powerful in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Scripture this morning is from John chapter 20, verses 10 through 31. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They ask her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I do not know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking it was the garden, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus says, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord, and she had and she told them that she had seen the things, these things to her. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, she showed them the hands in his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me. I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone of his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See that my hands reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting. And believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. 
Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Glad to see you all here this morning, and I appreciate the leadership, uh, music, and worship. That uh, means a lot to me. We could just say amen and go home, and that would be enough probably, but I'll try to uh, give my two cents worth, and hopefully it'll be worth at least two cents for you before, before we're done. Probably all of us can tell when uh, someone or something is just uh, surviving. There's something about a person who's just struggling for survival, It's not like the person that you know who's really thriving at whatever they're doing. I remember uh, when I was just a preschooler, my mother and dad planted an orchard behind our house, about 20-some trees. And today, 60-some years later, uh, some of those trees are still really uh, thriving. I mean, they're producing all kinds of fruit, and and, uh, we have more applesauce. If you want any applesauce, I've got a real deal for you. We've got applesauce, and we've got uh, stuff till we're tired of eating applesauce. But anyhow, those trees are really uh, thriving. And then there are other trees that, you know, they look really great. I mean, they've got beautiful green leaves on them, and they branch all over the place. But they're just surviving. They haven't produced much fruit in who knows how long. And uh, that's kind of the way it is with people, too, isn't it? Sometimes there are those who are just... uh, surviving and those who are just thriving. And in the case of this passage that we've read this morning from John chapter 20, there's four situations here of people who went from uh, surviving uh, to thriving. And the first one is Mary. Mary Magdalene had uh, gone to the tomb early and discovered that the stone had been rolled away, as we know. We've read about that before. And uh, she had uh, stooped down and looked into the, the tomb and saw that the grave clothes were all folded neatly in their place. She looked in there and saw two angels in white, and the angel spoke to her, said, he's not here, he's risen. And she'd even glimpsed Jesus behind her in the garden, but didn't recognize him. You see, Mary was so intent on surviving the ordeal that she had been through with Jesus' crucifixion and all this confusing stuff about his resurrection that she didn't know where she was exactly in her faith. Her faith was just barely surviving at that point. Some people are like that. We, we just uh, hear things, we read things, we see things, and we just kind of, well, I don't know about that kind of stuff. Our faith isn't really thriving, it's just surviving. I think about a story that I just heard again this week about... Uh, The most important event in American history happened before one colony was even founded here in America. Did you know that? And that event was the king of Spain, Philip II, sent the Spanish Armada to the English Channel, and he was going to invade England and remove from the throne the queen that was there, Queen Elizabeth I, and install in her place uh, someone who was more to his liking, who would speak Spanish. 
<laughs> and uh, believe in the Roman Catholic Church and all that stuff. So, uh, I guess some people would say uh, the great storm that came up in the English Channel that day and washed the, the Spanish Armada off the, off the ocean, and a lot of it at least, and onto the, the rocky shores of part of England, that storm for somebody might have just been a coincidence. But for others, we see the hand of God at work in that situation. And then in a personal situation, you might look at things, you've all had situations like that, where you see that uh, something happened, but was it a coincidence or was it God at work in that particular situation? Years ago, when Dawn and I lived in a parsonage in VV, Indiana, we were next door at the church, and her dad was preaching a revival service for us, and we heard this clump, clump, clump coming up the stairs because the sanctuary was on the second floor there in those river towns because when they flood, they don't want the sanctuary flooded. So anyhow, this guy comes roaring up the stairs, the basement's on fire. <laughs> well, needless to say, the revival came to a screeching halt, at least the preaching. <laughs> the preaching did at that point. So uh, we all uh, well, filed out. My father-in-law took charge. You know, Everybody went out. We went downstairs. There's no fire. We walked out a little bit further, and there in the parsonage was fire coming out the windows. And uh, the, the policeman who came up saw the flames reflecting in the basement windows and thought the fire was in the basement of the church rather than in the, in the parsonage. Well, the, the fire chief said later, you know, if that fire would have just happened about three hours later, it was a very smoky kind of a fire, as electrical fires are. And he said, uh, you all would have been sleeping in there, and you'd have probably never woke up. So you see, God's hand was at work that day, and uh, that fire happened when it did uh, for the right reason. So we can see those things as a way to encourage our faith into thriving and be thankful that God's at work in our world in historic events or in our personal lives. Or we can just see those kinds of things that happen as just something, oh well, kind of thing, and just kind of survive that situation. Mary was confused that morning, and she was just kind of surviving. But it took one thing to change her mind, and what was it? It was the voice of Jesus calling her name. Mary is all he had to say, and Mary immediately recognized Jesus' voice, and she went from a surviving faith to a thriving faith, and she rushed to him, and she would have grabbed a hold of him and given him a big hug, except for he said, don't hold on to me. <laughs> he said, go and tell my disciples that I'm going to meet them in Galilee. Sometimes we're like that. We're, we have such an encounter with the Lord that we just want to hold on to him, uh, kind of like Peter, James, and John when they went up in the mountain with Jesus and they had the, the, the time of trans, the transfiguration of Jesus and Jesus saw Moses and Elijah there in the mountaintop. Uh, Peter says, let's build some shelters and we'll just stay here. This is such a wonderful thing. But Jesus doesn't want us just to stay here whenever we have a wonderful spiritual experience in our life. He wants us to remember those, but then he wants us to go and tell what has happened to us so that other people can share in the good news about what Jesus has done to us. Don't hold on to me, but go and tell, was what Jesus said to Mary. And then the second group is the disciples. They were uh, meeting in the upper room and the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. They just wanted to survive. They didn't want to go through the ordeal that Jesus had gone through. And then Jesus changed all that when he came into the room and said, Peace be unto you. 
And they went from merely surviving in their faith to thriving in their faith. Over the years, I've met many people, and you probably have too, that uh, regret because they didn't make the decision that they felt God was calling them to make at a particular point in their life. I've met some pastors who said, you know, um, they, were, they were bivocational pastors or second career pastors, and they said, you know, uh, God called me into ministry when I was about 18 or 20, but I refused to change. I refused to change my direction in life, and then it took many years until God finally convinced them, and they uh, followed God's direction in their life. Or perhaps it was some other situation where people re- fail to respond immediately to what God wants them to do, and so they just survive in their faith for many years until finally they surrender to the Lord and then they begin to thrive in their faith as they see God at work in their lives. Jesus often calls us to change, but we're like the disciples. We're locked up in a room someplace afraid to change. We need Jesus' peace and his presence to go from nearly surviving to thriving in our faith. After our fear is banished, After Jesus' peace comes into our life, then we have all kinds of joy and happiness, and we celebrate that joy and happiness with the kinds of songs that we sang this morning and getting together in small groups with other Christians and just rejoicing in the fact that God loves us and cares for us. We go from surviving to thriving. We need to have the Holy Spirit, though, to be really able to do what Jesus wants us to do on mission, to just not hold on to Jesus like Mary or just not stay in the upper room like the disciples, but to go out on the mission that God has for us. It's the Holy Spirit's peace within us that can help us forgive other people around us who have uh, maybe harmed us in some way or another. The disciples were in this situation. You know, they had a lot of grudges, I'm sure. I mean, my goodness, they'd, they'd been persecuted. They'd seen uh, Jesus uh, crucified. And they had a lot of bitterness in their heart. They needed to forgive. And so when Jesus breathed on them the Holy Spirit and said to them they could be forgiven and they could forgive other people, then their life could change. Then they could go on a mission uh, for the Lord. Forgiveness, you know, brings thriving in our faith. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've tried to witness to family members or friends, close friends or something, uh, but maybe for one reason or another, there's some things that have happened in our life, and, and I'm just really not able to be in the kind of relationship I need to be with them in order to witness. Well, you know, my witness is a failure because I'm, I'm unforgiving. I have some bitterness or something in my heart that's keeping me uh, from being able to really be on a mission for the Lord and forgive. And so that's what Jesus did for the disciples there. He He forgave them and gave them the ability to forgive others through the power of the Holy Spirit within them so that they then could be on a mission for the Lord. Thomas was the next person who needed to go from uh, thriving or from surviving to thriving. Thomas was uh, one of those guys that just wouldn't believe no matter what. You've had people like that in your life. You tell them something and they, ah, okay, you know. And they just don't want to get there. Sometimes it's, um, I don't know, maybe a coping skill, you could say. Uh, Whenever you have a loss in your life, we all have to cope with that loss in some way or another. And so in Thomas's case, he just flat out refused to believe what the disciples had said about Jesus being resurrected. Thomas probably thought that Jesus was just a figment of their imagination. They had some... uh, 
what do you call it, uh, groupthink. You know, <laughs> they, were, they were seeing a vision of Jesus rather than the, the real person of Jesus. Thomas wanted absolute verification of Jesus' resurrection. He wasn't going to take any second-hand uh, opinion of somebody else. Thomas wasn't able to take that leap of faith that we often hear needs to be done. We don't get all of our answers all the time, do we? There's a lot of times in our life when things are still open and up in the air. And that can do two things to us. It can help us to just keep status quo and just barely get along and survive in our faith. Or that can really bring us to the point where we say, Okay, yeah, I don't know all the answers, but I'm going to believe. And you take that leap of faith, and then you begin to thrive. Just taking that jump there from the fact that you don't have all the answers, like Thomas, to the fact, yes, I'm going to believe, that helps you then in thriving in your faith. But it was Jesus' second appearance through locked doors that changed Thomas's mind. It was Jesus' second blessing of peace upon the disciples that changed Thomas's mind. It gave Thomas a chance to see his living proof of Jesus, to see the nail prints in his hands and the scar in his side. And then Thomas's reply was, My Lord and my God, there in verse 28. My Lord and my God. His confession, outward confession, his verbal confession, changed his mind. And that's kind of what speaking out loud about something does. You know, I've told people that I like John Deere tractors, and, uh, and I think John Deere tractors are the best thing since sliced bread, you know, and all that stuff. And I went out and bought a couple of them, you know, and I still have one and, and all that stuff. Well, you know, I've told people that enough that, you know, I actually believe that. It, you know, it's hard to believe, but I actually believe that now. You know, you, you, you tell yourself something long enough, you know, and you start to believe it. So that's, uh, that's kind of the way it was with Thomas, you know. He, he had to verbally express my Lord and my God out loud for, him, for his soul to hear uh, and accept what his voice had already said. And that's the reason why Jesus calls uh, people to respond publicly to him. And that's the reason why great evangelists like Billy Graham and, and other evangelists always ask people to respond publicly to the invitation to Jesus because there's something about a verbal and an outward proclamation of what you believe that confirms it within your heart and your mind. Making verbal statements firmly changes our minds. Then, the, then uh, Jesus... Uh, speaks to us in these last few verses. Jesus uh, has some beautiful things to say, and beginning there at verse 29, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. We are blessed by Jesus that even though we haven't seen him physically like Thomas got to see him physically, we still believe. And so if you're a believer here today, if you believe in Jesus as Lord, if you've accepted his forgiveness into your life and allowed his Holy Spirit to work in your life, as many of us have, then we are blessed by Jesus. Not because we've done anything great. It wasn't by our great things that we have done, as Paul says, not by works of righteousness that you've done, but by his grace we are complete in him. And so 
we believe because God has graciously granted to us an opportunity to see him in our hearts and in our minds and believe. If you're a believer, Jesus is speaking these words to you. Blessed are you who have not seen and yet believe. And then the writer John adds to those words. He gives reason for, for why he wrote the book and kind of follows up with what Jesus has said. Verse 31, he says, But these are written, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. John is encouraging us to go from surviving faith to thriving faith. See it, read it, believe it, and your life will change. Proclaim it was the last thing I was going to say. Proclaim it and your life will change. We're fortunate, aren't we, today to live in a world in which we can not only just read the words that John wrote to us about Jesus, these personal testimonies of all the disciples in God's Word, but we can see it. We can uh, see God's testimony in, in life. We have movies, we have videos, we have plays, we have the Internet, on and on it goes. We can even uh, go off to the airport and fly over to Israel, and we can walk where Jesus walked, like they say. We can see the, the places that Jesus did his miracles, and we can understand in a real uh, personal way what uh, John was writing about here. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's the best thing that can happen to any of us if we're going to go from surviving faith to thriving faith. The question for us this morning is, have you believed? Have I believed? Am I taking that step? It's so easy to slide back into just surviving rather than to always press on towards the mark, as Paul says, for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And as you press on towards that mark, you begin to see your life thriving in its faith. The question is, will we take that step of belief? Will we take that, that initiative to go from surviving to thriving in our faith? That's the question all of us have to answer. We answer it the first time when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and say, yes, Jesus, come into my heart. But then as Christians, we have to almost make it a daily uh, acceptance, don't we? As we read our scriptures, as we have our meditations and prayer and... and uh, and fellowship with other Christians week by week, that's continuing to help us to go from surviving faith to thriving faith. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we know that uh, it's so easy in a world which is so uh, messed up sometimes, personally or corporately, that we can uh, slip into just survival mode. And we pray, Lord, that you'd help us as believers, that we would encourage one another, that we would be lifted up and built up through the testimony of John and the other disciples, and through the power of your Holy Spirit living within us, that we might go from just the survival mode to the thriving in our life of faith. And Lord, today we pray if there's one here who has not yet made the decision to accept Jesus, that today might be the day that they um, believe in Jesus and if there are those of us, Lord, who need to go from the survival mode to the thriving life of Christ, help us to take that step as well. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.